The entire team at the Emsolation Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be. M. Rossiano. I am not wearing any secretions intentionally. And Michael Lucas. I was 30 before I realised there was a difference between dress and skirt. This is M. Salation. So if you're about to patch someone and you've got an itch in your vagine because you've got a massive yeast infection. Sounds uncomfortable. It's going to take the romance out of the moment. Mm. You're in M. Salation. Well, hello there and welcome to M. Salation. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, a storyteller, a podcaster. God, calm down, bench. And together with my best friend, Australian screenwriter, Logie Award winner, actor award winner, podcaster, Mr. Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast twice weekly. Now, thank you for all the feedback I've received from Tuesday's episode where we, look, it was a hard, frank discussion that I'm still thinking about. And in this week's ep, today's ep, we also briefly chat about the Queen and Michael's reaction to my post. He was not happy with me either, and rightly so. There is also discussion around the Disney Expo and all the new films coming out. Oh, my goodness. Obviously, everybody saw the Little Mermaid remake coming. As I've said several times, I will not be held responsible for my behaviour when these films come out. 2023 is going to be a crazy fever dream for me. I've already figured that out. And Disney, if you need a spokes girl, if you need somebody to, like, I don't even know what I would do. I, I don't know how I could, but just somehow if you want to include me, I am all for this idea. We also, well, the Emmys. The Emmys occurred and the best thing about the Emmys well, were the speeches. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, God, she's good. <laughs> I really felt a kinship to her. That's what you can expect from today. How are you, though? How are you? How are you feeling? I had a weekend away with the family and uh, I re- remembered just as we were packing to leave, that it's never a holiday if you're me or, I don't know, perhaps you, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to stereotype, I don't want to generalise, but if you're in a heterosexual marriage um, and you have children and you are the mother figure, there is a good fucking chance you didn't get a holiday. You just simply had to play an away game with all the usual shit you have to do. I packed everyone, I booked the accommodation, I bought the food, then we drove there, I unpacked everyone, I made sure everyone ate, there were activities. And then when it came time to clean, I then had to supervise all of that. And then I get into the argument with my family members. They say it's not their fault that my standards are high and that they perform the tasks to their satisfaction and it is on me that I expect too much from them. And I just feel like 
Whoever has the highest standards in your house is the winner and right and correct and true. Everybody must rise. You know, when we go high, everyone else must go higher. That's what Michelle Obama said. And I don't think she was referring to the cleanliness of the kitchen benches, but I'm going to take it. The person with the highest cleanliness standards in the house is the bar for the rest of the house. I firmly believe that. Because if it was left to those people, those people, the people I live with have no standards, none. They don't care about that stuff. Do you recall one time I found a tooth in my daughter's room? Like she's some kind of pirate. You know what I found the last time I cleaned it? A dead mouse. I literally found the carcass of something that once lived under my daughter's bed. She, I never thought we'd beat the tooth. And then when I found the mouse, I just said, nah, this is too much. You are, I'm moving, you, will, you don't get a bedroom. I mean, I mean, obviously that didn't happen. I never stick to my word. But you know what I'm saying? They're trying to blame me for my cleaning rages that have to happen once a week. If they just all had the same standards as me, we would not be here. Do you hear me? So the holiday was okay. But a holiday is never a holiday if you play the role of M, insert your name, but that's, you know, that's a whinge for another time. <laughs> All right, that's enough. It's a fun old ep. It's a weird old ep. I, uh, when you read on paper the topics we did twist together, you would be going, what? That, that is not possible. And yet if you draw a Venn diagram of what you're about to hear, emsolation does fit neatly in the middle of the topics. I'll tell you right now. Please enjoy it. Please tell a friend. Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. I need to be on the mic. It's directional. Got to be on it. Uh, yes. Are you on it? I think so. Are you too far away? Fist away. That's it. Okay. Fist away, she says to begin. (laughs) Hi, gay. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Not necessarily homosexual. (laughs) No, it isn't. No. Is it? Would you say where would it occur more or is it equal opportunity for the fisters? I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say for gay men, (laughs) fisting represents, could represent a challenge. Really? Well... Yeah. I've just never, it's just so unnecessarily brutal for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's so many other things that could come before an entire fist. <laughs> There's a lot of things <laughs> in your life that are necessarily brutal, but <laughs> unnecessarily brutal. And it's such a brutal action. Mm. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> I am what can only be described as discombobulated. I'm at sixes and sevens. I am. You're a husk of a person. I am a husk of a person because of so many reasons. But obviously, look, I put the episode out on Tuesday discussing the Queen and all the things going on in my head around that and I'm still copying abuse online from both sides, by the way. Don't worry. Again, like the fisting between gay men and lesbian women, it's equal opportunity. Or straight people, that's my point, but yeah. Do straight people do that? They can. Do they? Fist each, why not? Do you have a butthole? 
Yeah. And All you need is a hole and a fist and you're good to go. Really? Yes. yes. How does one suggest that in the bedroom? Come on, Homer, I'm insisting on a fisting. What's this about a fisting? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, do they just do this action? Like, how do you how do you go from kissing the neck, playing some Barry White, to, like, you want me to punch you in the bits? Ask. <laughs> Penetrate you in the bits. It's Ask punching. God tonight and get back to us. Say what he says. Oh, my God. Imagine the cleaner. I just think about how long your hand would smell like poo. Like, oh. I don't reckon, like, <laughs> I don't reckon one clean would be enough. It's if like, it gets in the nails. Uh, and... It's like how they birth baby calves. You know how you see yeah. the, the vet up to their, up to their yes. up yeah. shoulder mm. in, like, cow vagina? Well, I, I think going up to How the shoulder would... How big is your Yeah, come out your mouth. <laughs> I don't know what's Hello. happening there. You'd be deep into the intestines Hello. at that point. <laughs> You'd become a puppet. Oh, I just wonder if there's... It's just not a romantic thing. You're like, oh, you just mean... <laughs> what's happened? How have we got here? Oh, no. It's a new low. Anyway. <laughs> but I mean, like... I just, you're just the light of my life. I'm just so glad you came in. You mean everything to me. Fancy your fist? <laughs> <laughs> or do you just stand there like putting on surgical gloves and looping up just, mm. I don't know. <laughs> Back to the death of the monarch. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it has been, a woman literally just went onto my Instagram then and under the picture of the Queen wrote, and I quote, I can't believe it's taken me this long to unfollow you. <laughs> but I don't know which side she, which is she angry that I've acknowledged the death of the Queen or is she angry that I haven't acknowledged it enough? I don't quite know why she's upset with mm, me. Mm. But I feel, and I said it a lot on Tuesday, but what did you think you, my reaction was going to be? Because you thought of me straight away, obviously, when you contacted me straight away yes. when they said she's in um, gr grave concerns for her health. yes. For me, I guess I would say uh, your position on the monarchy I have seen evolve over these years or, or I would say you, you've contextualised them more. You've mm. moved beyond mm. your childhood mm. uh, fixation on them. And so, to be honest, your reaction was like I was pleased that you uh, prefaced uh, the thoughts and feelings and attitudes of First Nations people early and I was surprised that you led with that, pleasantly so. Mm. Having said that, we're still a black and white beautiful picture of the monarch having one on there and I was like, oh, swipe on. For me. But you know where I stand. What picture should I have put up? None. <laughs> I mean, why? Whoa. Why? You cannot say anything. That would be, that's an option yeah, too. Yeah, and I do take that route quite often. But in mm. this instance, I was getting so many messages about it. Mm. Because I've spoken about the Queen a lot and the grandmother and Fergie and, and the royals and all of that mm. and my obsession with the campery and the showmanship. Mm. And I wasn't going to say anything. And then I felt like, oh, are people waiting for me to say something? I don't know. It was just one of those situations where I'm happy not to have an opinion, truly, especially if it's one as fraught as this. Mm. And then I thought I started seeing all the comments online of people fighting each other and I mm. saw... First Nations peoples being attacked. Mm. And I felt like, is there a way that I can... I stupidly thought I could... I thought you did, though. I thought you did. In the podcast, particularly. I just wanted I just wanted to remind everyone to not police how people react to certain situations, 
especially when it doesn't really directly affect you. Like, have mm. your reaction. Mm. But don't tell someone else their reaction's wrong or more or not as important as yours or that it's not the time. Well, you know, for me it's not equal. I feel like once you, um, uh, once you preface and put the First Nations perspective in the equation, everything else is wiped away. Everything yeah. else, I don't care. I don't yeah. care if you're sad. I don't care. There's nothing that can compare to that. Mm. And to attempt to try and hold both is a failed mission, I, I think. Mm. I think if you understand the First Nations perspective, mm. I think that trumps it, trumps mm. everything. I guess, yeah, because you're kind of trying to consider both point of views and then that feels like maybe you're equating them as they're both as, like, yeah, and I know important you as each other. No, and I guess I also was trying to explain... You know, this is a non-Indigenous privilege that mm. we do have the luxury of maybe being conflicted because we don't have that direct correlation with what that institution represents. Mm. And I guess it was a weird, clumsy attempt of me to reassure anyone who was had the non-Indigenous privilege that if you were feeling conflicted about it, there's a reason. We mm. were indoctrinated into the royal family as little kids, especially in the 80s. Mm. And then you've probably buried that and moved on with your life and then all of a sudden something like this happens and you're taken back to being a kid and having tea towels with Charles and mm. die on it. And so it's it's in no way saying, oh, it's not um, the Indigenous, how they're feeling and, and their hurt and pain is is as important or not as important, but it was more me just trying to, I don't know, hash out why I wasn't just going, well, no, I'm good, she's gone and fuck it. Mm. I don't know. Because yes. I just saw a lot of people floundering with it, and when I mm. see that, I try to understand. No, I it. think you did, and I and, and also I don't, I I wouldn't. Should I take the photo down? No, wouldn't. Well, should I take it down? I didn't know what to do. Should I Should I delete the post? No. Why? I don't think so. Because I agree. If someone's just looking at my grid, mm. and this is a picture of Elizabeth, and mm. they don't read my caption, then it does look like. I'm celebrating her. You could post the if you wanted to. If you don't want to look like you're just deleting it, you could um, post what you wrote as the actual picture. Yeah, yeah. I thought your podcast was articulated in a form. Right, I'm going to yeah. delete the post. I know oh, it's too late now. Too late now. <laughs> I know. Is it like? Is it too late? Does it make me look bad? What it's? What's the protocol here? Well, I mean, we always knew I was going to come to this scenario, right? It's it's hard because on one level, like that, in in posting that sort of, it's quite a beautiful shot of her as a young woman, a very nostalgic shot. Are you posting it because it elicits um, feelings of that nostalgia and respect for you, or are you posting it because it to looks recognize... like my grandmother's wedding photo, right? And that's why. Mm. And my grandmother very much fashioned herself on Liz, especially at her wedding. Mm. So for me, I just saw the shot and was like, I have that photo of my nana in a frame mm. in my in my room. Mm. That's honestly why I picked that shot. Mm. And that's not good enough. That's not like everyone's been saying the nana thing. Mm. No, but, totally. But it's also like, I mean, we haven't, we have not reconciled our history. It's all broken and we haven't. The, start, the start of it, as I said on Tuesday, mm. the handover of it is... Like it started rotting and awful, and mm. it's a the wound foundation, that's still there. It's yeah. a gaping, rotting wound, and that's what we grew from. Yeah. So it's always going to be intertwined with all this complexity, and it's a no, it's not binary, but mm. it is for mm. our indigenous population mm. clearly. Mm. So I don't know. I'm no closer. Am I deleting the post or not? What's the vote? 
I think you should just do what feels right to you. Nothing if, feels right. This is I, the problem. I did feel like your intentions were better captured in the podcast than they were uh, in the post just because, as you say, like on face value you look at it and it's a beautiful nostalgic picture that any monarchist would love. And then the text, for sure, was was more complex than that. But, um, you know. But arguably the damage is done. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm more confused than ever. <laughs> Oh, dear me. I don't think I can go on. (laughs) The Emmys 2022 have occurred. Uh, Succession, the White Lotus, Squid Games and Ted Lasso cleaning up Jason Sudeikis. Oh, wow. Having the last laugh in what has been a clusterfuck of a week for his ex. Can I just say, looking at the Emmys, I reckon it just proves TV is pretty good because I friggin' love those shows. Yeah. Like, every single one of them. And also, as opposed to movies, all of them are originals. There's no franchises in there. Mm. They're original ideas, original characters, and all of them are so different and all of them are awesome and And just a cooler ceremony. Like, the people who were at the ceremony, I wanted to see. Mm. It's a better vibe it's than just, the Oscars. It's a better vibe. And today the speeches, you had to pre-submit your thank yous mm. and they would come up on the screen, written. Lizzo would like to thank her mother, Amazon, blah, 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 blah. And then whoever's giving the speech just has a quick little rah, 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 mm. and then off they go. <laughs> so I love that. They were really moving things through. Um, succession. One best drama, best limited series, White Lotus, best actor, Lee Huang Jae from Squid Games. Yes, that was a very exciting win. First Asian actor to take Correct. out the best lead yep. actor at the Emmys. Incredible. Yeah, amazing. And everyone was really surprised. It was an upset. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah. Though. I mean, I only watched the first episode, but I got the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I would never watch Squid what? Games. What? No. No. Oh, really? No. no. Ever. No. Did you watch the running game as a child? No. I feel like we watched it on VHS. No, No, I did not. I cannot watch. It's too much violence. It was so hectic. You didn't finish it. No, I didn't. I did the first episode and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, no, can't do Squid Games. Mm. Absolutely not. I did do The White Lotus. I can't do Ted Lasso. I can't do it. I couldn't either. I was like, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then it just clicked and I was like, yeah. What about, though, the British woman that that buys and takes over the um, club in order to destroy it? I feel like that's a character. She's camp, she's arch, she's powerful. I feel like that would be your hook. You're fired because I'm the owner now and I don't like you. Now do piss off, you fat twat. I feel like the Jason Sudeikis all shucks yeah, you kind of that. thing. You're not going to hook into that. But it just reminds me of co-hosts I've had. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to ask who. <laughs> no, he just just that vibe of dude. Yeah, and a bit of my husband too, I guess. <laughs> How like, do you feel like about that? The no, no, no. He's actually like. At first you're like, oh, I don't want to like this schmuck, but he's actually really likeable. He is really likeable, okay, yeah. Okay, fine, fine. And he's fine. really kind. Yeah. And the show does have depth. Like it it, mm. it, it goes into depression and, and it's... it's, it's right, fine. Yeah. I'll watch it. Good week for Jake and, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, mate. Just the, the schadenfreude alone of what's going on with Olivia and Harry. Well, and also that Harry's film came with oh. premiered. <laughs> Look, it was, a, it was a bittersweet day because on one level we did get um, absolute confirmation that he performs in numerous sex scenes 
he's seen naked. In the policeman. The yeah, policeman. My policeman. My, my policeman. Yep. Yeah. But on the other hand, the reviews were quite damning. <laughs> <laughs> they seemed to imply that he lacked the nuance as an actor. The kindest thing he's gotten about his acting is he has potential. Which That's is what you want to hear as an thing. actor. That's true. <laughs> You've got potential. Hey, look, it's better than <laughs> I he's get just about done my two singing. huge films. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that's been so incredible, despite you know the reviews, is his complete one eighty in his behaviour with his co-star, because at all the premieres he's been paying attention to her and they've been getting along, as opposed to how he was with Florence Pugh for the other movie. Mm. His co-star, what's her name? Uh, they are non-binary. Emma, Emma, Emma. Oh, they Emma's are non-binary. Oh, I take Princess I, Diana oh, in oh, the Crown. That's, of course, that's how I know them. So I can only imagine. Hope that you've come here to apologise. They have been getting along like a house on fire, the two of them. Yeah. He's been carrying their train. Yeah. Like, it's been incredible. Mm-hmm. And just paying attention, giggling behind, like giggling together behind speeches and and it's been, it's almost been a bit of a, like I imagine Harry's like saying to Florence, this is what you could have had. This is oh. what you could have had if we had gotten along. He went to the premiere in a emerald Gucci. green, but with a green carnation. Yeah. And it's weird because, as you know, yes. I defend him never saying anything about his sexuality and I don't care if he's queer bait him because I'm queer and want to be baited. Having said that... <laughs> Hi, gay. It's true. But I'm Can you get that on a T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I am queer and I want to be baited. <laughs> I'm biting Harry. I am in the water with a wide-open mouth tossing your lure. <laughs> totally. But... The Green Carnation, right? I am queer and I want to be baited. <laughs> I do. That's the name of the podcast. People say queer baiting like it's a bad thing and I just think <laughs> depends on the audience. <laughs> depends on the hook that's in the water. And frankly... Let's reframe queer baiting. <laughs> <laughs> What's so wrong with that? Look, I'm old enough. We're all old enough to remember when no one even wanted to bait the queers. They just, <laughs> they just wanted to persecute them and kick them. No one was throwing out a line. No. Marionette. And then Madge and Barbara discovered there's a lot of money in those queers. <laughs> Bait them. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, please. But anyway, yeah. Green Carnation. Yes. I don't even know what we were originally talking about, but that's what we're on now. Yeah. So that was that Oscar Wilde. Yes. When he premiered, uh, I think it was Lady Windham's fan, told all the gay friends he had in the audience to wear a Green Carnation to know. So it was a little sign. And, and subsequently oh. it's been adopted by, I think, Elliot Page wore it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, as I said, so receptive for Harry's queer baiting, except there was something about that that I did feel like, okay, come on, mate, come on, mate. That is a symbol of, like, Oscar Wilde was in this famously conservative time and when you were unable to articulate it and that was his thing, you are living in a time where you, uh, there's incredible, I don't know, I, I, the, the playing with gay symbolism with that, mm. I suspect that he meant it as a nice tribute, but there was part of me that felt like, okay. But I guess what rankles me about it is you are, he is in an era where he could say and not pay any price. And so to adopt the coded symbol of an era where mm. yeah. people died mm. if they said that, mm. It was, I'm still on board, though. I'm still on board. What I was going to say, so are we throwing back the bait? No, I am. will be clicking on that movie. Right, it's on it. Amazon <laughs> ASAP okay. when it comes out. Okay. And, yes, the reviews have been bad. They say it's dodgy. They say it's terrible. Awkward. They say, but they also say you see his orgasm face. So. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Going back to the Emmys. 
There's a couple of speeches I want to highlight. Yeah. The first one was uh, Jennifer Coolidge's win for Best Actress in a Limited Series. What a popular win. She was a popular win in the room. And her speech, for me, it is being reviewed as hectic and chaotic. I am a big fan of this speech. Uh, please have a listen to Jennifer Coolidge accepting her Emmy. Hey, hi. 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 Wow, thank you. Gosh, I just, um, what a night. <laughs> I, um, I just want to say, uh, you know, to my fellow nominees, um, just to be in your company, it, it's incredible. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say, um, you know, I took a lavender bath tonight. And, um, right before the show, and it made me swell up inside my dress. And, uh, I'm having a hard time speaking. Um, but anyway, um, I, um, I'm not kidding. I just, um, this is so thrilling because, you know, um, well, first I gotta, oh shit, because, you know, I didn't think this was gonna happen. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I love you. I didn't forget you, Dave Bernard. I love you. Mark Kamine, thank you. Uh, Nick Hall, and then Casey Bloys, those are all the producers, and then Casey Bloys at HBO, and Francesca Orsi, and Nora Skinner, and thank you to my amazing uh, team. Wait, hold on. No, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I'm, I'm full, I'm full. Wait, 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 hold on, wait. Jacob Fenton, my, uh, UTA, and Jonathan Weinstein, and, and Tiffany Kuzon at, at, at Mosaic. And my sister is here tonight. And wait, hold on one thing. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like that is something I would very much do if I had taken a bath and swollen in my dress. It is something I would probably... Yeah. I felt a kinship to Jennifer at that moment. I feel like you've declared that you're really sweaty on stage <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And then her just begging, like, this is a once in a lifetime. And then she just starts dancing. For those of you who haven't seen it, you heard the laughter at the end. She gave up speaking and just started dancing. They also, they really threw her a bone by putting, it sounded like Mumbo Number no. 5 as the call-off music. No, it was Hit the Road Jack. Really? Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. Yeah, no more. they were doing na 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 because it's a live band. Sir is here tonight, and wait, hold on one thing. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Okay. Okay. They were literally playing Hit the Road, Jack, to her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. There were two songs, I think. Yeah, it started, and then when and she then and then they yeah. flipped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's fine. Good. Uh, the next speech was from Lizzo. Who won for a category I was even, I didn't. Best Watch up for the big girls. Competition program. Yeah. It's the name of the category. Yeah. It's not very imaginative. So when RuPaul wins every year. Couldn't they call it best reality TV or something? But I think they've got. But it's, that's a different. That's different. Ah. Anyway. Like this is a genre of reality now. Right. Well, she yeah. beat out RuPaul who's won the last mm. 20 years in a row. Yeah. And she got up and also gave a hectic speech. Oh. Here you go. When I was a little girl, all I wanted to see was me in the media. Someone fat like me, black like me, beautiful like me. <laughs> if I could go back and tell little Lizzo something, I'd be like, you're going to see that person, but bitch is going to have to be you. <laughs> um, where are my big girls? Are they here? Come! Come! 
But the speech of the night for me came from Cheryl Lee Ralph, who won Best Supporting Actress in a comedy series for her role in Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to take you very long to figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if you combined this speech with Jennifer Coolidge's, you could describe me as a person. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, here we go. I am an endangered species. But I sing no victim song. I am a woman. I am an artist. And I know where my voice belongs to anyone who has ever, ever had a dream and thought your dream wasn't, wouldn't, couldn't come true. I am here to tell you that this is what believing looks like. This is what striving looks like. And don't you ever, ever give up on you because if you get a Quinta Brunson in your corner, if you get a husband like mine in your corner, if you get children like mine in your corner, and if you've got friends like everybody who voted for me, cheered for me, love me, thank you, thank you, thank you. I haven't watched Abbott Elementary. Nor have I. I'm not. Have you, Chella? I started, I watched 10 minutes last night. <laughs> but they really love it on the Keep It podcast. Ira always talks about it. That is mm. one of our favourite podcasts. So, no, that is one I'll be – I've got it on my list. I'm going to be doing that. So uh, that, that's all I've seen of the Emmys That's thus far. That's all I really cared to see. Normally I'm just I... sad. Who in history – there must have been sung acceptance speeches before. Have there been? I've never Can't seen – There's part of me that was almost a bit sad for you thinking someone's taken that now and now if you do it, you'll be you, – everyone will think, oh, she's doing the Abbott Elementary Woman's That's thing. okay. That's okay. You'll still do it. You'll I'm actually – yeah, I'm actually happy to – that. I'm actually happy that someone else did it first. That was the precedent. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I could have backing dancers come out. I, I could just take it to another level. Two. But True. somebody I has – Lizzo didn't have Somebody dancers. has tread the path. Yeah, I know. But they wouldn't let the dancers out. That's what she kept shouting. Come down, come down. And the security's <laughs> going, don't you go anywhere. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is, 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 is M. Salation. In this storm cloud week, horrific week of inside my brain, there was one beam of light that shone through, and that was the Disney Expo, <laughs> um, where they announced all the new shows that are coming up. And it was almost like someone at Disney broke into my house and read my dream diary. <laughs> Because the lineup of what is coming, I will not be held responsible. I mean, first of all, they've announced a Disney cruise. Okay, just a side note, a side quest. We were researching the Disney cruise ships and we came across the horn noises that they make. And then we discovered that they have novelty horns 
that are made to the tunes of famous Disney songs. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I found them hilarious. I couldn't stop giggling. And I said, I have to tell them. So now I want to play for you three of the horns that rotate on the Disney cruise ships. You're going to hear When You Wish Upon a Star, Be Our Guest, and It's a Small World After All. Just please enjoy it. That's all I wanted to say. Back to the podcast. And I nearly text you, like, you know my stance on cruise ships. They're floating gastro tinnies, right? I'll never go on a cruise ship. I can't do it. But I'd consider going on the Disney Hang cruise on a ship. second. Disney cruises have been there for No, but they've decades. never come to Australia. Oh, we're getting one. We're getting one. Sorry, I wasn't more specific. Oh, okay. yeah, right. In 2023, okay. yeah. the big massive Disney cruise liner is pulling into Sydney, <laughs> Australia. The full shebang. Yeah. Like Disney on a boat. Yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. On a boat. Yeah. And I think I might have to review Wow. This. Yeah. We might have to do it. Really? Do you think? We have to. You and I not doing a Disney cruise. That just feels like wrong in the order of life. I just feel like there will be children there. Lots of them. Surely they do an adults only. That's one. what I need. Adults only Disney would be amazing. Gay Disney cruise. Oh, isn't that every gay cruise? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, gay. Anyway, Indiana Jones 5. Yes, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes. Disenchanted. The sequel and and also very promising. I have to say, though, often I was watching the trailers and I wasn't wasn't blown away by the trailers, but maybe I was being harsh. Well, Disenchanted does show them 15 years later in midlife crisis mode, and I don't know if I want to see that. No. But Adina Menzel's there. I know, on screen, exactly. <laughs> That's all I care about. The Little Mermaid. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Big moment. I cried. Yeah. What a moment. What a moment. I mean, it looked fantastic. Kelly Bailey. Yep. Yeah, that singing. My God. She is taking on a classic of all classics. Like I said, and I posted this, you know that moment when she sings, I don't know when, I, I don't, don't know how, how. yeah, oh, but yeah. I know something's, oh my God. With she's the on wind. the rock and the wind yeah. in it. <gasps> I can't. It's so no, exciting. She's incredible. And I watched uh, this. I watched an interview with Melissa McCarthy, who plays Ursula. Yeah. And she had this to say: We were on set, and they just started playing Hallie's version of the song. Don't cry. Don't do not cry right now. Um, I cry. had a real. I had a truly, really, not weird reaction. Just overwhelming. It's so beautiful and it's from such a place like it's just different it's she's she's that girl has got roots down and like she sings from her heart and when I heard it there were like seven of us that just burst out crying because wow. we had not heard it it's really she's a remarkable young woman um in every moment every how, how she is on set how she is as a person and I burst out crying and then now I realize I was like now she just she's thinking there's a really old woman in front of me crying, <laughs> and this is weird. But I like couldn't get it together. Um, oh, by the way, side note: Did you know there's an Ursula musical that's been written no. and getting amazing reviews off Broadway? By is it a Disney official one or is it like some gay? 
I don't know. It's gotten up. It's be, it's getting incredible reviews. It's got incredible pop music. The lead is she's a queer woman of colour playing Ursula mm-hmm. and it's her backstory. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. You know Lizzo auditioned for Ursula in the movie. I know. Mm, I didn't know. get it. That is wild. Hello. Belly? Is that how you said Belly? Haley Bailey. Ha- and okay. I know you want to say Halle Berry. I know no, I do. No, it's Halle Bailey. Halle Her- Bailey is what I said. You said Haley. Halle Bailey. <laughs> yes. She's Beyonce's protege. Yeah, but who's her mum? What? Wait a minute. No, no. She, 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 her and her sister did covers. They were a duo They're for on ages Beyonce's and label. then Beyonce picked them oh. up. Yeah. Beyonce, P- Chloe post- and Halle Bailey. Mm. Okay, right, right, right. They're incredible harmonies. Yeah. Okay. Are All you right. live Googling? Yeah, I was. No, I don't know what I'm thinking about. While you're Googling, also, Maya Rudolph plays the villain in Disenchanted. That's what's <gasps> Oh, Maya's. In. Yeah, Maya's in Disenchanted as well. That was exciting. That was. And yeah, she is. she gives excellent villain. Oh, Giselle, what have you done? Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. Bet. <laughs> up for, always up for any bet, especially mm-hmm. if it involves Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Willow. The sequel. We're looking for the sorcerer, Willow. I was told that once long ago you defeated the forces of evil. You remind me of your mother. My dear friend, I thought I could prevent all this. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. 35 years after mm-hmm. the original, which I was a huge mm-hmm. fan of, and I watched the me trailer too. and it looks incredible. Yeah. I cannot wait for Willow. But the one that really got me wow. juiced. Wow, okay. There's, there's a big one. Oh, no, I have to also mention they've got one called Elio. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was going to be it. Oh, no. Oh, my God. No, don't look at my notes. Okay. <laughs> the story of Elio, I don't know, I burst into tears because my child might watch this and just think maybe I can be the intergalactic ambassador for Earth one day. Mm. Like, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. And the, and the kid even looks like him. Mm. But the one that I... <sighs> Mufasa is getting an origin story. <gasps> it's basically softcore porn. I was going to say. They're essentially making an erotic film unbeknownst to them. Oh, yeah. step into the light, Simba. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you have a sexual response Mate, to just the announcement? Just, just the lettering? I'm just, I'm just imagining young buff. Look up here. Do you see up here? What yeah. are we? What are, oh, my God. I'm getting in. I'm in. Oh, gang, I'm sorry. I'm back again. There's a lot of side quests today. Uh, What I'm doing right now is I have left the podcast desk to walk to the cabinet in the studio and grab my lion statue. So what you're about to hear me clutching and banging on the desk and and the whole time I'm talking about Mufasa, I am holding Mufasa in my hands in a ceramic statue type situation. (laughs) Oh, good. Back to the pod. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. We're getting be getting this like yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the circle of I'm mean, gonna have to have all new stories and who Who is, is voicing, voicing him? Who? who? I don't know. I don't James know. L. Jones? He's his voice is too old. They need to find someone who's got that same like Idris Alba. And critical that'd be good. Also, is it a musical? Oh I presume my whole so. Just You're not gonna do anything like it. It has to be a musical. It has to so be. So it has to be a singer. Yes, <gasps> because it because James L. Jones was not a singer. Who could it be? Who, they have to have that baritone voice. Nobody messes with your dad. But is he like a teen in this? Because he's matter. got a really high voice when he's a teen. We've never seen Mufasa as a teen. You're thinking oh, Simba. Simba. Sorry. Sorry. Oh Racist goodness. lions. You have not raised her properly. <laughs> <laughs> fail. Parenting fail. I don't um, think anyone's going to look at the upbringing of your children and think not enough Disney. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to think about who, who do I want? Who's an incredible... 
Oh my god, I'm so excited! I just need to know. Like, we're gonna get the love story. How she, how we met Sarabi, because mm-hmm. they're actually related. I don't know how they're gonna get around that. Sarabi and Mufasa are like first cousins. Really? Yeah. How do you know this? They didn't articulate that in the film. Yeah, just go and read all the fan fiction. Okay, this is, I'm back. Final time. Final time. I was incorrect here with the um, talk of lion incest. I just want to let you know that there is some incest involved, but not between Mufasa and Sarabi. So the only males of, say, fathering age in that crew of lions were Mufasa and Scar and their brothers, right? So Simba and Nala are undeniably related. And we don't know how because just say Mufasa is the dad and and there's obviously the different mum, they're half-siblings and if Scar's the dad, they're cousins. So either way, that's all I wanted to say. Just correcting myself. I just corrected myself. I was correct with the lion incest but had the wrong family members. Okay, back to the show. Like, it's arranged marriages. Like, they set the, they want the bloodlines pure. Are you reading some sort of slash fiction about Mufasa? That erotic <laughs> fiction. Like, and no one even really knows how Mufasa ascended the crown. How did that happen? How old was his dad? How did he die? Did Have he die you been writing fan fiction? <laughs> That's how Fifty Shades was. I mean, you obviously know that. It yeah, was I know. Fan fiction. I if t- all of a sudden there's a breakaway, runaway <laughs> lion porn book... I will know where to point the finger. Is that a challenge? I will admit this right now. And don't bother trying to search, either of you. Oh, God. <laughs> what are you going to admit? In the, in the interwebs, there is examples of my fan fiction pornographic Disney writing under a pseudonym. Okay. But- and I'll never, ever ever tell you where, why, when or how? Yes, you, you will. Found yes, it. you will. You can't keep secrets. Oh, all right, I'll tell you. No, this is filthy. Should never be read. You've dug into a weird corner of the internet where you can read Disney animal character porn. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it best when you can hear his voice? I don't know what you were going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> We are crossing into How strange territory. explicit is it? BCLE. No, it's not. It's not BCLE. <laughs> I'm not writing oh, M. Are <laughs> <Looked at laughs> you sure? longingly and he ran a claw down her face. And then she fisted him. <laughs> in a thigh as you say that. <laughs> the lions are shagging the lions. Okay. Like I write it from the perspective of like a, a, a woman that comes in, a woman li- lioness who oh. challenges Sarabi. A woman that comes in and fists Mufasa. Sarabi is challenged by another <laughs> woman who comes, a mysterious woman who joins the Whose pride. Whose name is Shmem Shmashmiano. <laughs> She's a sassy Italian-Australian comic on a safari. <laughs> You'll <laughs> never know what the character is and who she is. But I'm just saying there's lots and lots of alternative Disney porn fan fiction <laughs> online. Heaps. Okay. Lots. Great. It's really Good. <laughs> and my hope is someone on the Mufasa writing team has been doing their research and okay. gives the fans what they want. <laughs> Pummel me care. like a wildebeest stampede. <laughs> 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 
title oh, of the episode. God. That's the title no. of the episode. <laughs> the other one was better. <laughs> I, he is the hottest <laughs> Disney king slash prince. Mm-hmm. He's the hottest one, Mufasa. I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> there is no, and he's the most dependable, the one who shows up. Like, he is, he's not trying to poison people or kiss them while they're asleep or kiss them while they're dead or, like, make them leave their entire family and lose their voice. He is the perfect man slash lion. <laughs> Carks it pretty early in the proceedings. Which just makes him all the more mysterious. Okay. But there's a long life before that. He and thank God Mufasa is like... <gasps> well, anyway. they, they won't make it like the lion, the latest Lion King. It won't be that yeah, realistic, will it? it? Like, will it be cartoony animation? Oh, God, I think I I'd prefer that. I love it how they say live action, but oh. it's still just, it's just computer animation. Can we just animation. clarify right now? Yeah. I only find cartoon, cartoon. Mufasa hot. <laughs> I am not attracted in any way to the live action remake Mufasa. You can't You're take not it some sort of zoo. deviant. Don't take it to the zoo. That line, that line has to be very specifically drawn right now in the sand. All right. Daily Mail and Rossiano is attracted <laughs> to lions. <laughs> Again, I want to categorically state it is cartoon Mufasa mm. that I enjoy. Not oh, that is a good clarification. No, totally necessary clarification. I always thought it was your early exposure to the Like a Virgin video clip that led to this. Because remember in that one, Madonna is basically going to shag a lion in Venice. It's true. Oh, my God, do you think that's why I like lions? I think so. <gasps> I think it's all connected in the great circle of life. life. <laughs> yeah, so just if you take nothing else away, I'm... I'm getting abused online about the Queen. I don't understand the machinations of fisting and I'm not attracted. attracted to lions. I am not attracted to the live-action remake Mufasa, moreover, the cartoon one, but... But I would take enough, the other one if the cartoon wasn't available. Confusingly enough for me, though, voiced by the same person. So mm. if I shut my eyes and watch the live-action remake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. He can't die a blindfold. Oh, with his paws. I don't, you know, the only sad thing about all those Disney ones is there were very few originals that were there. There was there was one that was called The Wishing Star or something that that's a new one. But the anyway, Wish. The Wish. Oh, yes. was it Wish? Yeah, The Wish. The trailer that got me, I, I'm having to, like, take my... This is not from Disney. I'm having to take my obsession with my policeman. I'm just dialing that back a little bit. But I am placing it now on Interview with a Vampire, which also <gasps> released the two-minute trailer. Yes, let's talk about this before we go. Wait. <laughs> I was so excited when you sent me this text message. Mm, this is a solid two-minute trailer. Uh, for those, Explain it. Go reset, reset. Interview with a Vampire mm-hmm. is an Anne Rice series of novels. Mm-hmm. It was famously made into a movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Which was actually, I thought it was an okay movie, but it completely tore away the entire queer aspect of the story because Tom Cruise played the vampire Lestat Mm -hmm. and then he uh, ends up in a partnership with this guy Louis who was originally played by Brad Pitt. um, Who's now being played by Grey Worm from Game of Thrones. Yes, Mm. and doesn't he look great? Woo! Yes, and Lestat Mm. is being played by Sam Reed who also plays Dale in The The Newsreader. I was on set with Lestat the other day. You really, really were. Woo! But in the new trailer, they they basically, it's them announcing, yep, yeah, we're giving you the gay this time. He was my murderer, my mentor, my lover and my maker. 
Don't even worry so about it. We've got it so much. This isn't queer baiting. This is this is landing the fish, cooking it up and that having it for dinner. exactly right. <laughs> I feel like I should be more fusser. This is grilling it, frying it and also doing sashimi. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> it's such a big thing. This is, by the way, bitch, great for you. Oh, it's great. It's so great. Mm. I'm really glad we've filmed season two before Got it, it comes in the can. out. Oh, my God. Because yeah. Sam is going to explode. It feels like if you like a sexually fluid Sam, come and watch us. Although I have to say Lestat's much sexier than Dale. As much <laughs> as I love Dale. I know. It's extraordinary seeing Sam on set act as Dale and Dale is obviously kind of almost drawn sucked back into himself. He feels so self-conscious. Mm. And then seeing Sam like strut around as Lestat with his chest open and his jaw mm. out with that flowing hair. Full eye contact. Real hair, by the way. He grew his hair. That glowing blonde look. Full eye contact. Indeed. And like, and when he was on set, he was floating around like a vampire. Oh, yeah. I said to you, like, he's really Lestat. He's, he's kind of ethereal now. Yes, he is ethereal. <laughs> so when is it coming out? October. Not that I'm counting. I'm totally counting. <gasps> Oh, my God. I can't wait. I loved those books when I was in my late teens. They hit me. They were so great. Hello, what do you think was the precursor to the Twilight Obsession? I can't wait. Me too. So that's really big news. That's huge news. We'll put the trailer up online so you can all watch it. um, And, like, the newsreader next week. People are going to be like, you guys have got a stat. We have. You're going to go everywhere. (laughs) This is massive. I mean, not that it already wasn't massive, but. Thank you. Have you signed in for season three? Mm Mm-mm. Shit. Do you need me to, like, make a call? <laughs> to the mafia or something. <laughs> Get Vincey. <laughs> All right, on that note. Uh... <coughs> oh, God. Bye, Michael. Well, see you from Bye, my cello. Bye. <laughs> cello didn't say much tonight. What's going on? She was. She drew some pictures. Yeah, what were you doing over there? What did you write on your notes? What's, your, what's the videos this week? I said, pummel me like a wildebeest. <laughs> <laughs> this is Emsolation. All right, gang, that is it from us. Oh, Michael Lucas, when he's tired, he's on fire. At one point he did such a long blink, I was convinced he was napping. I did offer to give him next week off and he said, no, it's our last week of filming. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I said, okay. He was really adamant. This has been his Everest and he's nearly at the end of it. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget we have episodes coming out on Tuesdays next week. Nazim Hussain, my very good pal, my friend, he's written a kid's book. He is blowing up low-key at the moment everywhere, as he should. He's so talented. He's so funny. He's so wise. He's so kind. I think you're going to see another side to Nazim because when him and I get around each other, I don't know, some weirdness happens. Not the same weirdness with Michael, just a different, it's a different thing. I, for a long time, thought that his friendship with me was an elaborate prank he was filming. This is the truth, I'm telling you the truth. I just never understood why he wanted to be my friend. And then, oh, you'll hear the story. So that's coming up on Tuesday. Don't forget to follow us at Instagram, at Emsolation Podcast. Make sure you signed up for the newsletter that goes out every week and those details to sign up are found at the Instagram page. And you can join our Facebook group. It's a wonderful community. Sometimes I get into arguments with people in the comments, but, you know, families argue. It's fine. It's the Emsolation Podcast Facebook group. 
We will chat next week. See you Tuesday. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye for now. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn. With videos by James Henderson. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans. Plus cameos from M's dad, Vincey. Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening and we're excited to chat with you again soon. Soon.